Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of the Endless Celts podcast. Plenty to talk about tonight <laughs> with controversy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joined by our usual host, Stephen. How are we doing, mate? All good, mate. Fresh off the off the stats trap episode. Looking forward to getting stuck into this game. As you said, plenty to talk about. Plenty of talking points tonight. Franny's joining me as well, mate. How are we doing? Aye, all good, all good. It's it's Monday again. We've we've won and extended our lead to the top. So it's always always a good weekend after that, Kenny. Kenny stuff, Wally. Happy, happy days. Uh, just got a few comments. Evening, Jed. Phil, how we doing? Ryan Kelly, how we doing, mate? And Brian Hanlon, nice to see you all tonight. Uh, let's do the, the, the usual. Beer 52 still sponsoring this, guys. Get on it. Enjoy the beer. Uh, I've still got heartburn for the weekend, so I'm I'm after beer for a week. <laughs> no, next week. Uh, but get, get tucked in about it because I enjoyed it when we did. Super six. Mr. Please Francis Carty is back on top. <laughs> By just, a point. Uh, James James Bowie still up there in the mix, and Sean Ross, they're the usual suspects. Uh, Kevin Hampsey and Jamie Latimer are rounding up the top five. So come on, you fuck, guys. <laughs> Actually, sick of coming on and seeing Franny's top. Depressing. It is depressing. It's not right. Depressing. right. It's not right. Uh, aye, let's get right into it. There's more drama at the weekend than there was in a Christmas episode of EastEnders, man. It was it was nuts. Uh, controversy, as we say. Um, the first weekend that VAR was introduced into Scottish football, and, and uh, before it was introduced, everybody was going to say it. Uh, everybody was. Already calling it a shambles, and uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> depending on your interpretation, the Saturday it, they were right or wrong. So let's get stuck into the game. Lots of talking points, like I said. Uh, very impressed by Joe Hart. Made two really good saves early on. Uh, one for Cami Devlin, and the second from Snodgrass, which I thought was a great save. I think Snodgrass probably should have scored. The reason I talk about that one, he's been getting stuck recently. I think it's right to give him praise when he does when he's when he's doing well. But from the second save, um, we actually countered from that save and, and scored our first goal, uh, which was Hatati again in that wee inside right position. I thought it was a carbon copy. I don't know if you used a carbon copy of the St. Johnston goal where he's uh. taking that inside right position. The, Ralston came in, that was Haksabanovic against St. Johnston. But the exact same, we reverse pass in, plays a ball in, and our man James Forrest scores again. Uh, Stephen, when that goal went in, did you think... Because I think Hearts had a wee bit of the play beforehand. Did you think, ah, uh, yes, this is going to be another doing, or what did you expect to come? Uh, I had mixed feelings about the game. To be fair, the the game at a from a neutral standpoint must have been fantastic to watch. It was an absolute roller coaster, and the see James Forrest pop up. That's about well, four goals in his last uh, two starts. So again, that's that's fantastic for him getting over that hundred goal mark. Now he's got his hundred first goal for Celtic, and you're hundred percent right in terms of Atate being in that inside right position because Haksabanovic. We used to see him now pop up there and kind of link the play, but his ball to Ralston and Ralston with the revert ball, the cutback, so to speak, into Joe, well, into Joe Hart, into James Forrest, but it was deflected. He was in the right position and, and tapped in the net with his head. And th- in terms of what you're saying there, that I think was going to be another doing, it was a strange one because I think it's right to point out the Hearts actually played us really well in terms of their press. They were getting in and about us, and it was we were finding it difficult to break them down the points of that game, especially with their wingers being high up on our full-backs, and they kind of curtailed the likes of Burnaby and Ralston moving into different positions. So they, they nullified that threat. Another, another doing a far-fetched kind of thing. I thought, regardless 
if we got ahead, it would still be a tough game. I said it previously in the podcast, Hearts have done well in their own right in the previous season, getting the European football. Obviously a bit indifferent this season under Robbie Nielsen with the European football and not playing on a Thursday or some uh, on a Sunday. So that's hard time to get used to. But yeah, I, I, overall, the James Forrest, I'm just glad he's scored. I'm happy for him. Do you know what I mean? Like, McGranda, he's buzzing and he's back in the team. He's scoring goals and stuff. Whether or not he's he's going to start all the games or come off as come on as an impact sub, who really knows going forward? But for now, he's, he's scoring goals. What more can you say about the man? That's exactly what I was going to come to next as well, Franny. So, what did you think of the first goal? Uh, firstly, and Forrest is making a claim to play. We've got a few big games coming up next. We've got Shakhtar and then uh, Livy away, I believe. More big games, and he's, he's taking a claim for that that right wing, is he not? Uh, I mean, technically, can he really do any more? Like Stephen said, it's four goals in his last two league games. So on that that type of thing, it's he's got to say what more can can he do? But uh, it was it was a good goal. Yeah, we, Joe Hart makes a good save, and we, we break away. Forrest kind of was involved in the start of it and stuff, and he like said that we reverse pass Ralston, who I didn't think particularly had a great game, but he's gambled, he's made that run. Wasn't probably the best cutback, but he gets a deflection. James Forrest is just right place at the right time and just pops in. And Hearts, I feel, did start the game well. But from there, I was when we scored that, I thought that might have knocked the stuffing out of them a bit. Um, but it clearly didn't. And I've uh, what a game, like Stephen said, for the neutrals must have been brilliant. But I for all ticker, it wasn't a good bit. <laughs> James Forrest is he's, he's, he's proven a lot of a lot of guys wrong and stuff. Like I think. Me and yourself and even Ross have been I've been quite consistent and said that I would don't believe he'll play every game. It'd be silly to suggest that. But we still believe they had a big part to play within Celtic, whether that be in the dressing room, his experience and things like that. I know Stephen wasn't so keen, but it's I think he's he's shown it and that obviously the four goals are only got to boost his confidence and it gives you that extra option if if he doesn't start uh, the next couple of games, if he comes on, he's got to be, he should be fully confident. Saying, well, I, I know I'm got to score, I'm, I know I'm in good form. I'm, the goals aren't necessarily like the hearts one, it's not necessarily luck, but he's found his cell in a nice position to get the break of the ball, and he's just been there to react it. So, I, he's, he's staking a claim for, for the position, William, and it can only be good for her. It's, it's not only that, it's not only that as well. I mean, you, you look at the four goals and two stars for James Forrest. It breeds competition. A batter come in in that other game and scored two goals as well. So mm-hmm. effectively, yep. they're competing with each other now for that right, right wing position because Jada's still out injured. But again, it only bodes well for the team. If they're both scoring, that's two goal threats that we'll have. And they're mm-hmm. coming on the bench or starting the game, which is fantastic. Yeah, 100%. And I'd see be fair to Stephen as well. I think you were more, um, it was more about the lengthy deal for us got at the end of last uh, year, not so yeah. much about him playing. Eh? Eh? I see. Yeah. I've got your back, pal. Thanks very much. <laughs> Next big moment in the game, uh, we win a free kick. I'm going to come on to Moy uh, a bit later on because I thought he, he had another stormer, but he's, he swings the ball in uh, and Ralston, Ralston scores a header from the free kick. <laughs> now, this is chopped off. Uh, I don't even think it went to VAR. Well, it did go to VAR, but he, he blew the whistle early doors. Stephen, what did you make of the decision, first of all? Uh, and this was a bit the first farcical part of the game for me anyway <laughs> but what did you think about it? Shambolic and Barson like it was horrendous your man Nick Welsh couldn't wait to blow that whistle when that ball went into that box 
And I know that the commentators were trying to say there was a foul by Yakimakis, but he, he was jostling for a position with two centre-halves. He didn't push them. He didn't tug them. He didn't make them have to move or anything at all like that. One of our centre-halves fell by losing his footing. Ralston was onside. Dive and header, crack and goal. And you're always told about this VAR. You're meant to play until the phase of play is finished instead of the referee blowing the whistle. And then they go back and check the, the actual scene and see what the crack is with then. But Nick Wells blew the whistle. It went to VAR. Absolute, my God, by the way, your man McLean or whoever it was in, in that studio. Shambles. And do you know what annoyed me as well? They weren't even showing you what they were looking at, like they do in other leagues. They don't like put the stills up. They don't show you what's going on or see what they're trying to actually figure out if there was a push yeah. or if there was a foul. There was no clarification around it at all. That for me was just embarrassing. It was embarrassing. The game was live on TV. It was like a circus. That VAR is shambolic, Willie. And the fact that gold got disallowed, I, like I know people have already said conspiracies were moaning, were making up excuses. But, like, effectively, when you drill into it, VAR, and I don't want to steal your thunder, but they denied us two goals that were just, well, a penalty kick, which probably could have been a goal, one goal and a, a penalty kick, a sham, sham valley performance, Pat, for the first outing on TV. Yeah, it was a bit... Uh, Franny, I, I, I'm the same thinking as Stephen. We're going to come on to, the, obviously, the penalty decision in the last bit, um, which, in that instance, the 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 foul, whatever happens, but play continues and then it comes back. Why is Walsh blowing the whistle so quickly there? Why is they not letting that phase of play play out and then coming back to VAR? Well, I suppose maybe to play that devil's advocate, Well, it's it's all new to them. The system, they are learning on the job. Like, VR was meant to come in after the World Cup, but they've brought it forward. So if you want to maybe try and defend the ref, maybe it was just natural instinct. He's fought, he's seen a foul, so he's blown for it. So you could maybe cut him some slack, but you should. You would think they've got one of the the top referees to for the first televised game. Do you think you'd put one of like your best, if not your one of the best in in charge, and would know how the system works just to to let it play let it play out? Because like you say, you're correct. You're saying, well, I'm understanding because he's blue for a foul. VR can't get involved. But yeah. what I thought was quite embarrassing was VR. We're kind of getting involved because they like, yeah. stopped the game for about a minute, and then you see him talking to Var in his earpiece, and you're like, and the commentators are trying saying, "Oh, maybe he's looking for offside, or is it the film?" It's like even they didn't know that they're not on the rules, so it's like you're actually shown that you didn't know how Var's made it work because you blew for a foul. Var shouldn't get involved, but Var's obviously trying to get involved, and you've only got to imagine what Stephen McLean or the boy McLean, whatever his name is, is in the studio saying, "Gone." Ah, it's no offside, or it's no foul. Oh, by the way, I'm not actually meant to be involved in this because you've blew for a foul. So I, regardless if I think it should be a goal, we can't actually do it. And I just think, I always thought VAR was going to show up how poor our referees were and it did at the weekend. Like, it really did. Oh, shambles. Sure did. Somebody put a fan on and opened the door or something? Was that just me? <laughs> you farting, Stephen. <laughs> Like Ryan Kelly says, I'm the same. Um, see, at the time, and I don't know, maybe even afterwards, it was kind of like it was forgotten because there was so much drama going on in the game. Uh, you kind of forget about that. But it, it was for me, it's a disallowed goal, which was should never have been disallowed. Um, I understand people saying afterwards the whistle had went, um, so like they've had to stop the game 
So, but if he let it go on, then I reckon the goal probably would have stood. But if there's if that's a foul, big GG. If that's a big if that's a foul, there's a hundred fouls in every single football match mm-hmm. on planet Earth. It's but do you know the thing is, Willie, as well? No, do you know the thing is, like, VAR is brought in to let them phases of play play out. It's yeah. almost Nick Welch went in his head, oh, shit, Celtic has scored from this, blow it quickly <laughs> so they can't get involved. <laughs> he, he relied too much on VAR to kind of fall back on that game. Yeah. He was totally relying on it. And the times he should have went to the monitor and looked at stuff, he didn't. He, he relied on what they were saying. And you don't even see it on the big screen. And most of the grounds in the SPFL don't have big screens, which, again, is going to add to the confusion of what's going on during That's... the actual game. The whole thing was an absolute shambles. VAR, implemented correctly, is meant to let phases of play play out and lay them once the ball's out of play or the goal or the goal's being conceded. They look at a decision. They look at it properly. And then they can evaluate what's actually happened. Nick Walsh fucked up big time. Because, like... Obviously, we were we were sitting at home watching the game, not got a clue what they're looking for. And at the, at the yeah. game, they've if we've not got a clue in in our home, what chances the fans got? The paying customer at the end of the day got in on what's happening, and I actually think the big screens at Hearts have got said they were checking for a possible goal. And it's like, bar shouldn't they be getting involved here? They're both for a foul. It's, it's embarrassing, man. Yeah, I, like it, it was. I mean, everybody's coming in here, um, saying. <laughs> Uh, Egyptian King, uh, <laughs> I'm the exact same. Took years off me as well. I didn't know what was going on. Uh, loads of comments saying it was a shambles too, and we've got we're only just beginning. So, <laughs> uh, got to got to say about Moyes ball in as well though for the for ah, the goal. Was that wasn't a goal. Uh, he was superb again. Right next, next event <laughs> uh, was was obviously the penalty. Now I've seen afterwards. For me, when it first happened, I was like, "That's a stonewall penalty." There's obviously been plenty of debate since. <laughs> that um, was it. Devlin coming into the box. It, it I was think fouled. so. I yeah. stud showing, and it was actually a foul. It should have been a foul the other way. Now, I don't mind the way v- Var went about this situation. He didn't think it was mm-hmm. a foul. I think his position, he probably should have seen. Um, for me, a foul, and there straight away. But it's the standard of refereeing, obviously. <laughs> uh, but I, I don't mind to let it continue on. Then they've come back and looked at it. And then he's given it. What was your thoughts on it, Stephen? Because I know there's been a lot of debate about this. And um, like I say, at first thought, I was like, it's definitely a foul, definitely a penalty. Uh, but yeah. there's been a bit of narrative where people are saying that it was more, Devlin was studs up and it was just a matter. Or did you think it was just two guys stretching for the ball? Devlin's got there first, CCB's fouled him. I mean, just first of all, it's funny how the, the first time he let the play play out for VAR, it actually worked, and it worked well. Let, let's be fair about that. It was probably one of the only times where it worked properly during that game. For me, it's a, it's a, it's a penalty kick. If, if that's the Celtic player under the box, we're screaming for it all day long. And again, side note, probably a bit uh, controversial here, I would take Cammy Devlin at Celtic any day of the week. I just think he's tenacious. He gets stuck in. I don't know what it's about. SPL watch. No, I just think I just think after start drop. SPL watch. He definitely he definitely gets stuck in, and I like that about a player. Not saying he was start. He just has that kind of attitude that I like. But yeah, it's a stumble penalty kick. I know even there's a debate around studs and stuff like that. But again, it's two players going for the ball at the exact same time. Motions will carry you, depending on what way you're going for the ball. He got there first. CCV took him out. It's a penalty kick. I, I don't really see why there's a complaint about it, to be fair. Yeah, you can you can obviously see the argument that studs we've been a dangerous play. But again, it's the way they're going for the ball. There's no malice from any of the players. They're trying to win that ball. 
no one gets injured from it. The VAR gets it right. It was a penalty kick, and I think that's fair enough in that instance. Yeah. Penalty. Definitely. Uh, yeah. I agree. Funny, what you what were you thinking? I it's a penalty straight off the bat. It's like the most penalty you'll ever ever see. It's the absolute definition of a penalty. But for me, I'm like you well, I thought the referee needs to call it straight away. I thought he should have called it straight away. But like say he's got the benefit of VR if he is undecided, then he's done the right thing by letting it play on and dealing with going back to it when they can. But for me it was the amount it must have taken about two minutes for them then to go, you need to go and look at the monitor. I'm like, how did and then he's had about five or six looks at it and I'm like, it's so obviously apparently how is it taking you this long to come to that decision? But I suppose Maybe that's the teething problems we've got to be dealing with now, early doors. I just, I didn't see how you take that long to get that penalty. For me, I understand folks saying, start, I mean, I didn't really understand the folks saying studs up because for me, it's just two folks stretching for the ball. Yeah. Whoever gets there first knows they're getting the getting the decision they want. And it was just as it was simple as that. Two guys just desperate to get to that ball first, knowing they're not caring where that ball goes after it because they know they're getting wiped out. And aye, for me, Stonewall penalty, I just didn't care how it takes so long to decide that hmm. yeah I'm in agreement in the, in the chat as as was the there was, there was some difference of opinion with the GG uh, with the Ralston goal as well there were some people saying that they thought it was a foul interesting uh, the same with this penalty there's some people saying no it wasn't a penalty and I know we had a bit well not us personally oh. but there was a couple of boys had a debate in the, in the group <laughs> chat as well the weekend about if it was a penalty or not I I personally think I two, two guys went for the ball and CCV's half a second later and it's yeah. it's a penalty. So uh Shankland put the penalty away. One each. <laughs> then the most baffling situation in the whole game for me. Um Forrest cuts in for the left and, and tries to flick it through. And uh there's a handball decision. <laughs> I'm gonna come to Franny on this one first because Stephen, I think you might need to calm down a wee bit. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Uh, what did you think of that decision and how <laughs> How is, from my understanding, it's obviously McLean was in the back, so he's if Walsh hasn't seen it, which I don't un, like, he's fucking standing five yards <laughs> for it. If he's not seen it, then that's McLean's job to say you need to have a look at this again, and he's not even had him have a look. What was your what was your thoughts on the decision first of all, and like the moments after it? Why is it not getting looked at again, and all the rest of it? I mean, the decision's baffling. I know some folk are saying try to. Say Forrest flicked the ball up to him and stuff, but I just think Forrest has tried to flick the ball through. The boy Smith is turned away. In a way, it looks like he's not made his body bigger because he's turned away, but essentially he's doing a movement and turning and stopped the ball with his hands. So essentially, he has made his body bigger and stopped the ball. And like his reaction tells you everything you need to know. Everything you need to know is like the whole hod the breath, puff the cheeks out in the hand. Like he's almost tried to chop his arm off as if it wasn't there. It's like he's hiding at that badger. Like you know the players' reactions, what's actually happened that if you're a wee bit of doubt, I know you shouldn't give a penalty based on doubt, but that's what far's there for like that boy Smith knows he's gave away a penalty. And yeah again I'm like you well how the referee's not seen it but he's done the right thing but I, I suppose by letting it go to the Varda but why is VAR only taking seconds? To say, nah, I don't think you should go and have a look at this. Mm. That's that's what I don't get is how, yeah, how they're not even spend a wee bit of time. Like, 
we've said the CCV one was blatant and it took them about three minutes to make the decision. I would argue this one is, I mean, not, uh, probably as as blatant, but I, I think it was, I respect that she's got a whole bit more time than just pretty much got told, and that's, I don't think we need to look at this again. Especially, like you say, there's other decisions that have taken three, four minutes for them to, to like, uh-huh. make, so how does it, why does it, why are they not taking, and there's a point there, Paul, and even Paul, even Bobby, <laughs> I didn't say that it was a penalty. I seen that today. Couldn't believe We've it. We've got English referees saying it was a penalty as well. And you're like, oh. Stephen, what? I mean, Smith himself. As soon as he does it, you can tell. You can tell by a player's reaction. He kind of like rolls his eyes and pulls his arm behind his back because he, he, he like he know he knows it's a stonewall penalty himself. How how is it not how is it not given? Well, the fact that Nick Wells bought his reaction does show how shite Nick Wells is. To be fair, like. When you when you watch the the replay of it, you don't need to re- replay to actually see what happened. He for me he lifts his arm up like this, yeah, and it hits mm-hmm. off him, and then he tucks his arm behind his back, and he pulls the weirdest face I've ever seen in a football game, like going like something <laughs> like that, like I'm done in here. That that's it uh-huh. over. Nick Wells just doesn't give a shit. He doesn't care what's going on. It goes to VAR, and as as you said, Franny, two seconds. That was it. Throw it, and you're like. Is going on. <laughs> like, it was the most. Bla- it was more blatant for me than the penalty kick. The man mm. handballed it in the box for me on purpose because it was going past him. And the men have been made. He was in the box at that time, but it was going past him on the way through to him. And the, the fact that he he moved his arm in a motion up till yep. that. I think he was. Mm. They said it in a sports scene. It was a Shelley Kerr, the the former yep. Scotland uh. manager, said even she thought it was moving up to the ball. And do you know what I mean? You know how hard it is for them to admit something. That was it was a blatant penalty kick, and the fact that VAR didn't take more than at least thirty seconds to look at that was embarrassing. The game, it's almost like ah, uh, they're winning the game, or they're going to win the game. Don't give them anything. It's like that type of attitude. We're meant to have VAR in to improve the system of our referees, but if this keeps going on and happening, you're going to have to import some form of referees to control the, the VAR room or send it across and stream it overseas to different VAR rooms because that's absolute shambles. And it's the most embarrassing about it was all the players, even the fans in the stadium, knew knew what happened. They seen it with their own eyes. We were near that incident, and you can hear almost like a groan around Tynecastle, like they're expecting a penalty kick. And then when the cheer went up and it didn't happen, just shows for me again how guilty your man Michael Smith was. It was the most horrendous decision. VAR is an embarrassment in Scottish football, and I don't care if it's early stages. The way Crawford Allen. Try to come up, come across like it's getting a brand new player. It takes time to set in. No, you've been training for this for months and months and months to get all this technology in, doing bounce game using this technology. And when you get it into the professional environment, get it right because it can cost games, it can cost points, and that was shit. <laughs> and what did you? Off the fence, Stephen. Off the fence. And what did you think of Angie's reaction, Stephen? What? He's right to say, but we haven't had a penalty all year or something. That's no, I meant, I meant just the reaction just to the oh, when he's laughing, just laughing his I, head uh, in his hands, like what's going on. Yeah. He, even he knows himself. Now, I, I remember when he first came in, there was a fan who said something and he kind of got ridiculed for saying it, but he always like, have, have the clubs back, everyone wants us to feel in Scotland. And it was kind of one of them hush hush things at that time. But the more and more he's into this room, he can see it with his own eyes. And that reaction to me was just. It was, it was almost like a sarcastic laugh because he probably knew what was I coming. Think it was, it was, like... Yeah, it was, it was just embarrassing. And Sean the Mackler, amateur again, lads in the SPFL. Oh, incredible! Lots of love for you today, Stephen. <laughs> we are passionate. Uh, 
passionate rant. Cheers. <laughs> Absolutely, Stephen, here as well. Um, I'm going to come straight back to you, Stephen. The next oh, uh, next moment in the game was... Uh, no, it's all right. It's just a goal this time. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shanklin second. Not great from us. What did you think? I know Burnaby has been getting a bit of praise since he's came in. Mm. How do you think he he was in defence and, and, and overall in the game? And uh, was he was he sort of at fault for the goal? And how do you think? Do you think that this, as as much as that's kind of your tactic a lot of the times to get the ball wide and get it in the box, do you think it's a weakness in us? It seem, seems to be whenever we ship goals, it, it's from a set play, a wide mm. ball in, or or, or a, just a wide ball in an open play. What do you think of that? I thought Burnaby got his eyes open to what Scottish football really is in that Tyne Castle game, the kind of passion, the enthusiasm from their players. And I said it at the start of the podcast, I thought that they pressed us really well in positions. They didn't give the, the full-backs a chance to play, play the ball out and they were making silly mistakes all game, yeah, misplacing passes. Burnaby, for me, was defensively weak. He wasn't great at all. And I think Zed's in the comment there, Jed Thomas, Burnaby was poor all game. 100% totally agree with that, Zed. The way I looked at it was he's got loads of potential, which is fair enough, and he played great the last couple of games, but hearts up the ante, and he didn't really cope with those things. He will develop into that role, obviously, because he, he's got all the talent in the world. He's, he's good at taking players on and crossing it. But coming from his side, he didn't close your, the Who was it? Ginelli who crossed it in? He didn't he didn't close Ginelli yeah. down well. He didn't get tight to him. He kind of left it. All afternoon, he by the way. Uh... He's caused us problems a lot of times. He's, his pace is frightening sometimes. But he just whipped it in. Shankman gets between the centre-halves and finishes it. And it's it's no slanting hearts, by the way, because regardless of what people think or think of them, they play well against us. They, they, yeah. did, they really pressed us. And we, we were struggling to cope at times. We were giving the ball away needlessly at times as well. And it was testament to how they were playing. They came out flying. They got their goal. And for me, it was a weakness in the left-hand side all game. Burnaby... Was it fault for most of it? For honest, and they took a they took advantage of it, and Shankman scored a goal on the way to his uh, VAR hat trick. <laughs> That's uh, see, there's been a Frank said that there's VAR can actually get checked after the game, and a goal can be given or whatever, or a decision can be made straight after the game. If like, and, and Monty says that he, he he's dafty, but I'm pretty sure this has already happened. I'm pretty sure I'm my sure United, United last United year. Did they not get a penalty? They got, got a penalty or got a penalty got against a penalty, them. They blow the final whistle and then he, gave, he checked VR on. and then they all come back on to take the penalty and they won the game. So that is actually true. I remember that happening <laughs> last year. Uh, a lot of people saying Bernabe didn't have the best of games. What did you think about the goals and anything we could have done to stop it, Franny? And what did you think about Bernabe? I thought it was... I thought I had a poor guy, like Steam said. He's, he's been playing well recently and stuff and maybe Ange was chucking him in against Hearts. I mean, I've, I was going to say probably should have started Taylor, but if you go back to Friday's podcast, I, I started Bernabe, so I've <laughs> <laughs> been talking dozen. And maybe Ange just thought, well, I know what I can get for Taylor. I'll see how uh, Bernabe can cope in this fixture. Possibly, but I, I, probably a wee bit of simple attitude to look at it. But I, I don't think he actually dealt with the occasion very well. He was caught out of position a lot high up the park. I think it showed that, not that I thought, that, I think there's any doubt, but it showed why Taylor's in more often than not than now. Mm. Um, but I think you probably, you probably could 
probably could stop the cross going in because I think Ben McKean's caught the part. Like I said, Janelli did catch him, like ran him ragged all day, absolutely all day race pace and stuff. And I suppose with that pace, if you're on it, you'll you'll probably give most defenders a, a hard time. And Shanklin just is a goal scorer. I just love sticking the ball in there. You c- could Jens have maybe got in there and nicked it in front? I thought I would say it's maybe good movement for for Shanklin. That's it. I think you've got to try and do your best to stop the cross and sometimes once the cross comes in, go as we'll go on to be similar with Jack and Marcus, once the cross comes in, it's sometimes the striker just his movements that's just too good. But I think you've got there you've got to try and stop the cross at source and then it's obviously annoying. Yep. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I like I, I don't think he had the best games, but he's he has been fantastic since he's mm-hmm. came in. The Beach Boys were saying to give him a break and he's coming out a new life. And we like listen, we've been praising him for weeks. Uh-huh. Uh, but he didn't have a great game. We're just commenting on the game, and he wasn't great. Uh, Danielle says both fullbacks weren't great. I um, agree with that. Ross and Ross definitely agrees because he thought Ralston had a stinker as well. <laughs> um, so I, I think Ross Ross said it as well, and I I, I tend to agree. I, I really like Ralston, and I really like the look of Bernabe. Danielle said earlier that he's he's he's, he's raw and he's still a young mm-hmm. talent, uh, and and like. Um, Beach Boy says he's coming for another country. I think he's done well since when, when he's came in. wasn't his best game on Saturday, but I think Ross said it in the group chat, and I think he's bang on that. I think it showed that our two um, number one fullbacks um, going forward, I think at least anyway, yeah. now are Juranovic and, uh, and Taylor. Um, Alistair's came in and says that Stephen started the started the Moy bashing yet. Uh, so... <laughs> He's timed it perfectly because the next next phase of play that I want to talk about is again Hatati was in inside right position, brilliant running off the ball again. I thought he was superb all game again. Uh, he plays it into Maeda, who's been getting a bit of stick again recently, but we'll go on to him soon. Uh, I thought he had a decent game as well. Who plays it lays it on a plate for Moy, <laughs> and how does he miss Stephen? <laughs> Please come on, there's the Moy bashing. It's it, it it was worse than the Kugel one against uh, Mallorca, wasn't it? It was far worse than that because uh, for me, like, and when Stephen missed that... it, Stephen, did you think, oh no, this isn't going to be our day here? The decisions are going you... against us. We're missing chances like this. You don't know. You really don't. <laughs> what I said, like, missed them. You really don't want to know what I said. I I don't know. I, I think that um, with Moy again, it could be a confidence issue where he's trying to snatch at the opportunity. But he had loads of time, and I can't really make an excuse for him why he missed that. I thought it was a great play by Mieta to find him because he could have been selfish and took that shot on, but he flicked it between his legs and found Moy perfectly. Basically, missed a glorious opportunity. Yeah, you're thinking at that time, going, is the game going to go against us? But as I said at the start, it was one of them games you could see that it was topsy turvy, it was end the end. And at the end of the day, at the whole neutral standpoint, we want to win that game regardless of what way it goes. And the, the, the Moy, still, lads, I don't think he's good enough. I really don't. And kind of what you said, he had a great game against Hearts. I really don't think he did. I thought he was a bit slow and laboured again. I thought um, the game passing the bad points, he, he was getting pickpocketed by Cammy Devlin all the time in midfield. He was taking the ball off him for fun at, at some points in that game. Yeah, he, he got an assist. Well, did he take a corner for Jack and Magus? I'm pretty sure he did. And, it, and, yeah. and, and the free kick where Ralston didn't get that goal. It should have been the goal, but VR was an absolute catastrophe. But I don't think he, he he played well. I get that the other games he played all right because the games opened up, but I think hearts were on him in a flash. And again, I don't think he coped with it well. I've seen in the comments again, Moy getting a lot of love 
I still don't know where it's coming from because I still think he's substandard. That's an interesting take. Franny, what was your thoughts on, on my scene as we're talking about it? I know it was a bad miss. Um, I thought he contributed. Um, brilliantly the rest of the game. Ralston's goal should stand for me. That's an assist. Um, we're going to go on to Gigi's goal next, which is his corner. Um, he's involved in the, in the next goal. It's a parried shot, and, and he's involved in the last goal as well. I thought he had an excellent game. What did you think, Franny? I mean, normally, but I'm going to agree with his. I thought his, his miss was horrendous. It was worse than Kyogre's because he does actually miss the target by a good wee bit for where he is, but... Geyser, <laughs> <laughs> okay, come on, you. <laughs> but uh, the half thought he had a really good game. I, I Devlin won some of his 50-50s. I think, I think that was a good wee battle with him and stuff, but I I would argue outfield player, Moy was probably our best player on, on Saturday. I don't think there was many... Players brilliant. I don't, I don't think many of players I were brilliant. I would disagree with that. But I thought outfield he was probably our, our best player. I, like it was just nice wee passes involved in a lot of the the game. I don't think he was slowing the ball. Except I've said in the past, I was neither here nor there with the the move. I understood it, but I wasn't fussed about it. But obviously, as the games have went on, he seems to be playing in the more sort of a, the ten role that we didn't think he would actually come in and play. He's, he's yeah. shown what he's done. He's got that that range of passing. He, he just pops it off like one touch and stuff. A couple of touches doesn't take many touches on the ball. I should score that chance. And a wee bit of maybe sitting thinking, gone. Has it going to be one of the days? Oh, aye, hundred percent. I, I can agree with that day. But I think what's what's benefited Moy is what we'll go into. He's then contributed into the match. After that, he's not he's not had for the he's not had for anything. He's he's still got himself involved and he's made a big contribution, which we'll be getting into. Yeah, right into it. The next goal. <laughs> um, it seems to be he's he's a set piece man at the moment, and he, he swings in a great cross. Um, but it's more big Gigi's movement and and a classy classy finish. Just to come back to you, Franny. Even when he's not, because he didn't. It didn't have a massive effect in the game up to that point, but it doesn't matter when you stick it in the back of it like it did. That I, I, I don't think I had a brilliant game, but I think it was maybe some. It was like he's the guy's huge, and I just think he bounces guys off him at sometimes, and they're no fouls, but the referee geese fouls because guys are just come flying and things like. That. But I the the cross in and then the movement like it's. It's great movement, but it looks it's poor defending for Hearts because you can't give Jack and Marcus that sort of header for that space. Nah, <laughs> definitely not. But like it's an absolute great header, and so soon after going down to one, it was the perfect sort of a response, and just kind of got the fans fans going. You just seen it. I thought it was actually got a deck. I think it's Ralston or something because you see he misses a couple of Celtic players and he's ready to celebrate. And Ralston goes to grab him and he shoves him away in that. And I'm like, oh, the big man's <laughs> the big man's feeling it the night. The big man's feeling it. He's on it, and it's just like I think it was. I can't remember who shared it in our chat. I think, but it was the stats man. <laughs> uh, the stat. Like, I think he's got something like 21 goals and 22 games. 24 starts. Twi- uh, 24 starts. It's it's madness. And I think. Your man in that stats drop says he scores seventy one percent of the times he starts, which is just mental. Kyle will sit in the fifty six percent of the game he uh, plays, which is still good. Which is still really good. 
they still got uh, You said that because I took a note out today, uh, mm-hmm. Stephen, quite a come to you about big GG and his goal and what you made of it. But So he's had 44 games, but he's only had 20 starts. And he's got 24 goals in that time. Oh, um, other way. So he's, he's, his minutes per goal is 86. So he's a goal per game. It's an unbelievable record, isn't it? Oh, he's incredible. Like, obviously, I mean, we all kind of jumped on a wee bit, maybe me more than most, when he missed that penalty way back against Livingston, <laughs> we were absolutely raging. But he, he's took it by, he's, he's, he's took it by the horns. Even when Kogo was out injured, he guided us to that league championship. Without him, I don't think, would have got as many goals and been so comfortable in the end. And then coming into this season, he looks a bit frustrated. Maybe he's not getting opportunities, but when he when he's come in, I mean, that goal, he scored. Everyone loves to see a head of goal. Uh, like it's the cross from Moy was great, and he makes himself available. Bang header! What an old-fashioned type set piece goal. We never really see exactly Kaiser. We never really see from a a Celtic point of view. Just kind of old-fashioned into the box. Bang header! Strength, conviction. You love it. And I, I, I like looking at these stats with Kyogo and Nakamagas. I mean, fifty-one percent of the games Kyogo plays and he scores, but then you take a massive jump to seventy-one percent. And Jack and Macca scores in, in most of the games he starts, which is, I mean, fantastic. The goal ratio there, you said, 89 minutes per goal, which again is is unbelievable. And it's they both offer different things, and it's great to have two quality strikers, which is why I thought the talk about maybe adding the first striker was a bit, nah, do I really need it when we have players who could cover as well? So you have to, them two quality strikers, and if you're adding the third one, that makes it may create an unhappy camp with terms of opportunities. But at the moment, Yakimak is he, he's he is on fire and he loves Celtic and he can just tell he loves Celtic. And I know that's an old cliche with players and stuff, but with him, you can see the emotion, yeah. the joy. And as Franny said, I thought he was going to throw a couple of elbows at, at Ralston <laughs> at some point. Like, but he he just he just loves the club and he he does anything when he's on that pitch, regardless if he starts or come on, come, comes on as a substitute. I think it just embraces. I yeah. feel like it embraces being the main man. I think he just loves being the main man. His mentality, is it, Johnson again. When that goal went in, remember man? he says, "Remember he says, I just envisioned myself scoring that winner in the last Aye. minute after St. Johnson scores." That's just his mentality. Um, I we're going to come and talk about that at some point because okay. Okay. it seems to be the debate every week just now who you're going to go with, whether it's Kyogo or, or or Gigi. And I mean, there's been there's been plenty of talk that neither are good enough because we've not been clinical in the Champions League, which I think is absolutely that's a, nuts that's when you see the stats. Job. Hi. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> straight back to you, Stephen, because Moy was involved again, <laughs> and uh, he gets his shot away on target this time. And Maeda comes in and 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 slots it away. He's, he's last season. I thought he was he's popping up in these positions, and, and it's no it's, it's no a coincidence for me. Um, I think that's how we get every goal he scored has been about three yards out. Shite goal because yeah. he just pops up in these wee positions and he's always the first to it's like a basketball player getting in to get the rebound. He's he's always the first in there. So pleased to see him get a goal. Um what have you made of him this week after he's been getting slated uh by some in this pod as well? <laughs> uh, and and what did you make of the goal? And then at that point we were like, Yes, this is it. Step on the gas yeah. and let's go now. Eh? I mean, with me, it's it's a funny one because, as you said, last season, again, he was fatal to winning that championship, the, the SPFL. Obviously, this season, his stats weren't looking great going into the last couple of games. And I think he scored two and three games now, which is fantastic. And what, what I love seeing, Willie, and made me smile, he actually showed emotion when he scored that yeah. goal. 
he usually like never really him. breaks character. He, he never really breaks that whole kind of down look. And but he ran to the fans, and he just wanted to celebrate. He wanted to feel that love again because yeah, there's been a bit of discontent with Ty's performance. Some saying he doesn't have the technical ability to play. He can't play football. The only thing he's good for is sprinting. And I don't necessarily agree with all that because he has that natural instinct. When that ball's loose in the box, he's trying to be there first. And you're not top goal scorer in the J League for no reason. Like 23 goals in a league campaign over there. That's not to be sniffed at. And that's even higher than what Kyogo got in his season. So, like, yeah, you can, you're allowed to criticise players, but I'm so happy for him that he's getting his goals. And as you said, Moy got the shot off. I mean, he does what a bad done in that situation. He was first to the rebound. He was first to get that kind of that connection with the ball. Craig Gordon just passed him that world-class goalie that Ross was talking about. But um, I think, I think, like, uh, I, I think, uh, Mieta, I, I think, I think, Mieta, the confidence side of things is going to come with him again. And when that ball breaks, he, he'll be there. He comes from the left really good. He gets into them positions. And yeah, he's not the most technically gifted. He's not the most easy on the eye. But what he gives you is effort. He gives you endeavour. He presses for the full 90 minutes. He sprints. He runs. He hurries the defence. And we need that in this modern age. And I do believe what Anne says. We can't throw him on the scrap heap, mainly because we can't afford a bad player who's the finished article. Mato will get there in time. And scoring goals like that is only going to boost his confidence. And I'm so chuffed for him. I really am. Yeah, me too. I think he's, like, he just works his socks off. He's tracking back again as well in the game. He just never stops. But Franny, first of all, what did you think about the goal? And I'm glad Stephen mentioned it because I did want to talk. Uh, I wanted just to touch on the, the celebrations. I've not seen him because he's he's quite a deadpan personality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I've not seen him celebrate like that since he scored on his debut, four minutes into his debut, what it is when he went nuts that game as well. Just running at the crowd out, and then you could see every player was so pleased for him. Rio lifted him up, and he was just giving it loudly at the fans. <laughs> I was just like, oh, oh this was is just brilliant, man. <laughs> Uh, it was good, like, Moy, like, obviously, minutes before that has missed a glaring chance, so it would have been easy the easy thing for Moy to do in that position is try and play a pass, but he, he takes a shot on, it's not great. Craig Gordon really, really needs to do better there. It should do better, but my head, obviously, off the back of his goal the previous week is obviously a bit of confidence and gets you still in that position. He's, he's kind of lurking... Not looking for the scraps, you can see it's his pace gets him in there, but he's in a position where he can take advantage yet. And I think in previous weeks when he's he wasn't really playing up to like wasn't playing as well, he wasn't really getting in the positions. Or if he was, he was well, he kind of, kind of snatched a wee bit at the one on Saturday, but it was it just for me wasn't getting in the positions to to miss him, if that's the right thing to say. But I just showed the confidence that that goal. Uh, against was it Habs? I think he scored the games from that. Yeah, yep. yep. I think he's just goal, yeah. Uh, and then he's just obviously it's can it's given him confidence to then be in that position. He's got the goal. It's at the time with it's an important goal because it puts you in the lead. And like you say, he's running into the crowd and just totally embraces it. And I, he's just I think a bit of that will show that. I mean, not that the fans have got to push him away, although some did to Stephen Welsh a couple of weeks ago, so you never know where fans <laughs> but I think it just that will maybe show him a wee bit of love and uh, give him even more confidence going forward, because like you say he's, yeah, he's not he's not a jota he's not a hack of which where he's going to beat a guy by a wee bit of trickery and stuff but neither's a badder, and a badder doesn't get the grief that Maeda gets a badder's yeah. a horrendous driveler at times and stuff but his work rates 
absolutely cannot be questioned. The guy has got some football ability, but he's not going to be this tricky wingers. But he's he's vital for what we need, and have we got to get that type of player for that? It's for the money. Like Ange doesn't need to work as hard with him and integrate him in the team. He knows knows mm-hmm. what he can do and stuff like that. So I think he's got to be. It's I think he's vital for what we for what we want to do, especially in in Europe and things like that. His work rate is is second to none. But incidentally, it was another one I thought didn't he a great game, but he's popped up with a big moment. Interesting, interesting. Um, <laughs> I think he has. You see, it's interesting you're saying that about him getting shown love now, and I, I think he might be the type of player that needs um, mm. the arm round the shoulder and a bit of love. And and I think Ange played it perfectly when he was going through his wee bad spell in the Champions League, and they were asking about when he's like, "Listen, he's not in the finished article. Am I just going to drop him because he's not in the finished article?" No, it, this is this is a plan. This is a process. I know everybody hates that term. Mm. Uh, trust the process, but. Again, another guy coming for a total different culture, and you've got to think about these things as well. I think he's. I think last year he he's maybe a victim of his own downfall because the tail end of last mm-hmm. year he was absolutely electric, and uh, just I just don't think like even Messi is out of form at times. And I, I, the good thing about it is we've had we've got lots of different players that can come in and fill for us. Is the prime example at the moment. He's coming in and he's doing the business and he's making it hard for Ange. But I was like. Other than the man that scored the winner, I'm so pleased to see him get the goal. Uh, <laughs> anybody else in the park, I would I would love to see my Ada get goals. Anyway, next penalty decision. <laughs> uh, Jens, Stephen, Stonewall? Stonewall penalty. Right. You can't deny it. It was a penalty kick all day. He was too slow to the ball. Right, again. I think Ginelli, Ginelli takes advantage of it and then he falls over his foot. Or was it Shankman? Or was it Ginelli, wasn't it? Not sure. I can't even, I'll can't be honest. Can't ah, well. Whoever it was, whoever it was, the time for hearts to know that. I'm, that that I'm sure of. I was but, too uh, busy punching cushions in my couch at that point. <laughs> yeah, it was it was just clumsy defending, and I, I think that goes to what Franny said. There was a lot of players in that game didn't have the greatest of games, but managed to script the victory, which is fantastic. But uh, yeah, it was a snowball penalty. I don't know how anyone can really really deny that. To be honest, I mean, he stuck his foot out, didn't even try and go for the ball properly. It was lazy defending, and then the whole thing after it was the game was another saga in itself. But I. It's a penalty kick. Uh, aye, I agree, Franny. What do you think about it? And I think this is an interesting point because I thought it at the time. Um, mm. we, we sit and we moan about certain decisions, but I think that was maybe one we maybe got away with. I can understand that argument. I would maybe throw it back and say not every foul, not every penalty needs to be a booking. Does it be the fact? Like, agreed, aye. I'm a wee bit different. Like, stonewall penalty, 100% a penalty, but I think it's a wee bit similar to the CCV one where it was whoever gets there first. Mm-hmm. I thought it was similar in that sense. And so for me, that's why I don't think it's a booking. Would have, I wouldn't have, I'd have understood him getting a second booking as well because it was just kind of as a wee de facto type thing when you gave away a penalty, sometimes just get booked. So I would have understood it, but I understand why he didn't because it was just simply getting there. <laughs> simply got there. We called a lot of things in my time, but I've never been called a <laughs> And, uh, aye, the whole, the whole carry <laughs> on after so. it with encroaching, it's it's a weird one because obviously Joe Hart saves it then, I think it was like Janela that scored after encroaching. Maybe that ruling needs to be looked at. I know, I think it was three Celtic players encroaching and somehow Janela got there before the three of them. So I suppose you could argue that your defence was a wee bit slow to react and, 
But what I don't get with the, the whole encroaching, why like Ginelli was encroaching, then gained an advantage and scored the goal. Why is that a retake to Hearts? I suppose that's maybe something you need to look at in the rule, and I don't know where... That was that was my first thought when it happened. I thought, well, the Hearts boy was encroaching anyway, but then they scored for it. So I was wanting a retake, so I was like, aye, aye. I was wanting a retake, yeah. but it's just a, it's a baffling one. No, it's an interesting one, mate. I agree. they like, got the, got the advantage for... It's not cheating encroaching, but from encroaching, but then they get to retake it. It's weird. Weird. But we never stop. Uh, it was only 10 minutes later. Moy involved again, by the way, at the edge of the area. Does well. Oh, look at and, me. Uh, gets it to gets it to Abada, who, as usual, gets his shot away. And uh, almost the greatest moment of my life, Gregory popping up at the back post. Uh, showing desire to get there as well. And we're going to go on and talk about how these weekends are what win championships, these sort of performances. Um, but we talked about the celebrations with Maeda. When the big man pops up, the back post, the place went nuts. And I just think it gives us an extra gear. First of all, the goal, Stephen, your thoughts on it. Gregory's desire. Uh, he's a favourite of most on the show. Uh and how big a how big a moment it was in the game. I think you you nailed it there. These games win championships. Whether it's an ugly win or one of these entertaining four three games that Pasta Caldu loves with a bit of counter farce in the middle of it. But uh yeah, Greg Taylor to come on for Burnaby after he had a poor game and then f- find himself as the furthest forward player at the time a batter gets a shot off is magic in itself to be fair. <laughs> the left backs get getting in a striking position, he finishes it. See, when you're watching a batter hit that shot, you knew fit in an instance it was going to hit off one of their players because it was too crowded in that type of play. He hits it, it bounces off them. Greg Taylor's run then, and you're like, he's got his toe to that, but it went like really slow, and it felt like forever until the ball went into that. And Craig Gordon, the game, was trying to reach for it, another world-class goalie in front of no, And then the players went absolutely mental, mental. And no, the love as well, because Gregory Taylor, I've given him a stick of stuff, and when you go back to his past, people, oh, he's in the Rangers club when he was younger, he must be a bona fide Rangers supporter. Who gives a shit if he is? Because that man right now gives us all for Celtic Football Club, and he quite possibly has scored the most important goal of our league campaign so far. Big man, bit of a strong one. Wee man, I like to call him Gregory. Unbelievable. He, his effort, his enthusiasm, the way he gets on, and he's like a captain within the club. He takes over the team yep. huddles when Fickers is doing it. That 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 was poignant for me, the way he done that. And I know he's worn out as a symbol, Fickers, but he might as well take it off and put it on Taylor. Wouldn't be a difference. Taylor was immense when he came on, and I thought he really changed the game. I think one of the commentators said as well, there was a different dynamic. Greg Taylor knew how to play that role. He'd be a bit better in Burnaby at this time. He took a fancy so it, found a gap, found a space, used a bit of instinct as well to get in that back post area and flicked it in. Incredible. Yeah, I agree, and I was seeing. And I, I don't want to sound like I'm bashing Burnaby because I'm not. I think he's been excellent for us. But when he plays, I'm not so sure he. You're, you're right. He understands the role as much. I think he's he's really like even I don't know even know if the manager's telling him that to be fair because he's always wide getting the ball in. But he's he's got a really really good left foot in him. So maybe the gaffer's mm. telling him to go stay wide. Mm. But I agree, Franny Taylor. Uh, Burnaby's not doing that. Taylor getting in the box. I'm glad Stephen had a wee. Uh, Moment about Gregory there because I was wanting I was going to come back to him but he's he's he said all anything that needs to be said but you <laughs> as well I mean what a transformation the boys I've I seen a poll somebody put a poll on um, 
Twitter about who's been our best player this year, and he was he was right up there, and, and I, it's hard to disagree. I think he's been excellent. And uh, what Stephen says about his leadership skills as well, I, I think he's the same as what we were touching on with Gigi earlier. But he just gets it. He's, he, since he's came to the club, he's just he's just bought into everything. A bit like Commons did when he was here, etc. Um, what, what do you think? Obviously, a big, massive, pivotal moment in the season. Great goal, but what's your thoughts on Gregory as well? Oh, I think it was Friday when Miros and uh, Stevens on Ross both the questions: who's who's been our best player this season? Who's been our most consistent? And I, I put Taylor forward for both categories. I think if you're the most consistent, you're you're kind of the best player for us so far. And as I've said countless times, I was never a massive Greg Taylor fan. I was one <laughs> of the ones that was is Greg Taylor fickle monarch. It was that just that's who I looked at a bit ignorant. Stephen might try and deny he was a bit like that, but we all know. That I know it was hundred percent. Stephen means, but he's like like any Celtic fan. If you're bashing a player at, and they prove you wrong, then great. At the end of the day, great because it means Celtic's playing brilliant. It means that guy's been brilliant. And the last eighteen months at like Greg Taylor has been absolutely ridiculous. The transformation I mean, just the ways total flip the support. Like obviously, guys like you and Ross have always been in in the Greg Taylor camp and stuff. Um, always maybe more looking at it logically going, he's no Kieran Tierney. He never was got to be Kieran Tierney, whereas maybe me and Stephen yeah. are going, come on, we went for Kieran Tierney to Greg Taylor and stuff. But I thought it was, at first I thought it was Hacks of Anovitz that got the touch because it was just just more down to the position at the mm-hmm. time because it was, and then I kind of didn't celebrate the goal because I just burst, a, a wee bit of me burst it laughing when I noticed it was Greg Taylor because I was like, I could just imagine Wally and Ross right now. That's all I kept thinking of it. Because like, I just kind of laughed when it went out because I was like, they two will be absolutely gone mental just because of who it is. Obviously, gone mental because we've got the, got the goal, but just then realising it's him, then you just see him then the way, like his celebration, typical defender, doesn't know how to celebrate or anything like that. And then I don't know if you've seen the bit of the game, obviously, wherever where somebody goes up to the crowd and they did, 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 he had to get chucked up about four times to do it. And I thought that was class. Yeah. I mean, it's just, he obviously isn't quite comfy in the limelight, but eventually just was like, oh, right, I need to do it. I need to do it. And the, all the fans were buzzing. And it was like, I can could he be a future captain? Potentially, a lot of that, I think it depends on Callum McGregor how long he sticks around for. But uh, he's, he's definitely a vice captain without the without the arm band. I think. Aye, yeah. I I think so. You seen it. You seen it in the game where um, CCV was first captain, and it was it was Taylor in the huddle doing the. I think it was clear to see that he was the one um, mm-hmm. giving it a big lick. Set strange love. We were talking about that at the start. Big Heart had a great game. That was massive, and we scored straight for it. So we didn't miss it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but aye, the next point as well. Franny, I'll come back to you. It was Vada's offside goal. Now, our group chat was going nuts and everybody was saying he's miles onside. I personally thought he was offside to start off with. But, it's in, again, it seems like it's not being looked at and it's just fobbed off straight away and Sky didn't even show can replays of the... It was just a strange one. Mm-hmm. Strange one, wasn't it? Uh, at first I thought it was... At first I thought it was tight, then the more I see it, I'm like, he is offside and apparently... There has been things on Twitter shown that he is offside. But what apparently it's down to the broadcasters to show the lines. So why are the broadcasters not? I'm not saying it's any conspiracy or something, but just 
weird deviewing custom in a sense. It just shows the lines and proved to us that it's offside. Personally, I think it is offside, but uh, it was just another one where it's how VAR seemed to look at it so quick. I mean, the Shanklin second goal, which was a cutback, so can it be offside? <laughs> like, Shanklin's second goal generally cuts it back, so they can't be offside. And they spent about two minutes trying to prove that it was onside. And you're like, you didn't need the lines there, mate. The ball could cut back the way, so you can't be offside. <laughs> Whereas, we, again, a bad as one, it was seconds, and we're like, oh, it's, it's offside. Like, well, go just shows. I mean, I, personally, I do think it was offside, but go just shows. Put Just put everyone to bed. Like, uh, I, Stephen, like you said, like, I mean, in the Premier League, English Premier League last year, you, they had it up and drawn the lines and all the rest of it. I mean, I'm not so sure we need all that, but a quick replay to show us, it was a bit of a strange one, and that's it's, it's a massive point in the game, because that puts the game to bed for us, and um, if the goal's not given, it's still, it's still an early finish. What did you think? Uh, what was, Did you think it was offside, first of all, and, and what did you think about the whole scenario coming around VAR again? I mean, this is the confusion. In, in the leagues like the Bundesliga and the EPL, you kind of feel like you're in the VAR room with them when they're making them decisions because you see what they're doing on the screen, what they're moving, the stills they're looking at, the lines they're drawing, and all that type of thing, if it's a fingernail, a toe, an E, whatever. It was just, the whole thing's confusion. The whole VAR situation in Scotland is just pure confusion. No one has an idea what's going on. No one knows how to control this product, and it just looks shambolic. I think Nevada probably is offside, which is fair enough. Won the game. Won't really talk about it that much, but... It does. The more frustrating thing for me is just the whole confusion side of things and how bad it actually looks. Because you're, you're expecting, like, a when that break of play is happening, you're expecting the, the, the screen to go in split screen. You can yeah. see what they're looking at while the, the kind of footage the referees on the pitch at the VAR, VAR monitor are doing this with his earpiece, that type of thing, which they do in the top leagues, which is what I thought we'd be getting. But it's definitely not that, 100%, not that. Because it's just shambles. I don't know what's going on. It's, it's almost like they've went, we've got a couple of screens here. We'll talk to each other. We'll come up with a load of shape. We'll just go off it. That, that's what it's like. Do you know what I mean? They the, the bumped and blown about this product coming in. They had to release it early because they were so excited to get it on. And yeah, I'd be interested in seeing that as well. They, yep. they were so excited in, in getting it on, getting it out to the TV screens and getting all the monitors to the clubs and six extra cameras, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, the confusion side of things has to be ironed out really quickly. Otherwise, you can see it going the opposite way. Clubs get fed up, stop funding VAR, and then it has to go. So, I mean, there has to be a middle ground here where the supporter isn't in the dark. The supporter can see what's happening. And then that kind of rules out us talking about why was that handball not given? Why was that penalty kick not given? Why was Ralston's goal disallowed? Because then you, then you can hear their explanations. Whether you agree with it or not, fair enough. But there has to be a feed, like a drop-down type of thing with Sky or whoever's playing the game where they tell you five minutes later, or oh, confirmation from the VAR room, goalers are out because the knee was offside. But you don't even get that. You get nothing. It's just, it's, it's basically like watching the game again. But Nick Walsh going like this half the time, it's madness. I think the thing where it is as well, though, I mean, for me, it's no VAR's fault. VAR's there to help the referees. It's, it's, it's still it's shows, it's just incompetency for the referees. And we still get these talking points because we're still doing it now. And even mm-hmm. though VAR's there, it's there to help. But we still get these situations that we're talking about because it's still subjective and it's still somebody's opinion on what's just happened. So we'll still always have that. But I mean, <laughs> didn't they get off to a great start? Let's let's face it. <laughs> um, but saying that, I'm going to come right back to you, Stephen, because I, I, I feel there's got to be a, 
at least a five minute rant coming for you here. <laughs> There's um, a lot of um, pundits, Sutton and Hartson too, to name, say that we beat Hearts and VAR and referees. Now, I mean, there's this stigma that us as Celtic fans are paranoid. Um, do you think that's fair after that display? Uh, or do you think Hartson and Sutton have got a case here and we are not paranoid? And I know there's a lot of pretty... What's the word I'm looking for? A lot of... I, turn it to Ross there. There's a lot <laughs> of like proper, proper... Opinions about like how it's blatant cheating, I think that might be quite harsh. Um, what's your thoughts on all that, Stephen? And uh, do you think that paranoia is that's not the case and that's clear to see now? Uh, like even with the backup, the complacency with the referees is, is still clear to see. Well, I think you have to take what they say seriously to an extent because there are ex players who played up here. And we've seen the trouble that Chris Sutton got into that time when he, he accused of them firming the land down the Rangers. He got like banned for what it was it nine games or something. He got in trouble for that. Yeah. So the the house, if you go way back to them when they were playing, they felt it. And whether it's paranoia or I seen paranoia, which is a good one, <laughs> or paranoid in, in the comments um, from Brian Murray there. But it's it's one of these ones where where you look at it and you can be like, yeah, I can see that because you you think VAR. <laughs> <laughs> could, could come in and maybe increase the, the types of product the referees are putting up, increase their performance because they can't hide away. But now they've got a product where they can hide behind it, like Nick Welsh. And it's incredible that, again, go back to you can't hear what Steve McLean, who's in the operating room, saying to him, or you can't hear the final outcome because you just have to take his whistle as the final thing and that's it. Then you have to move on, which isn't transparency. There's none of it. We were told the product was going to be in place after the World Cup. It's been brought forward. Crawford Allen was bumming and blowing. Like, let's get a new player, blah, blah, blah. He was excited about it. It's fell on the source the first weekend. And to be fair, what John Harson said, I know some of his uh, tongue-in-cheek, tongue-in-cheek, to see the done there? Tongue-in-cheek, in terms of saying we had to beat VAR and parts, but it felt like that. We were denied two uh, goal-scoring opportunities, the goal and the penalty kick. And then possibly a batter. None of you are listening to me, but I'll keep going. Possibly a batter. Possibly a batter was onside. He didn't get his goal. I mean, yeah, I, I agree to a certain extent that, to what they're saying. They're ex-players. They, they've seen it. They felt it. They've been in that environment. So they wouldn't be talking shit. And maybe it's not total cheating and total kind of against us. Yeah, I can take that. But the consistency across the board from Scottish referees is symbolic. And again, I'll go back to it. For one team, it seems to be amazing for, and we all know who that is. And I don't need to say it. <laughs> what about you, Franny? What's your thoughts on it all? Uh, it's, uh, like, I don't think it's cheating. I mean, it's hard. I know we've proved it before in the past, but uh, cheating's obviously hard to prove. Although I think we've, there's a ref in the, the past proved that he chopped a goal off and he, he knew he shouldn't have and, and admitted to lying and stuff and got struck off for it. And mm-hmm. the whole reason and form referees and stuff because yep. we proved that referees were cheating. But no, I just, for me, it's maybe a wee bit of subconscious bias. Eh? Everybody's got it. Everybody in their walk of life is slightly biased. But I just I just think it's the level of referee we've got is absolutely atrocious. They're, yep. they're amateur referees. They've got day jobs. There's no 
consequence to them having a bad game, they'll still get an SPL game next week. They'll still get yeah. the same wages next week, whether it's good, mm. bad, or different. I really think we need to go professional, but again, have we got the money to do that? I think we, when the money that's, I know we've not got the millions and millions at Sky, but with the money that's involved, while the coefficient is up as well, when there's potentially 40, 40 million on the line for the league winner, I think you really should be looking at professional referees and maybe paying mm-hmm. them a wage to justify them going professional. And then there can be consequences. They can every walk of life, if you're not good at your job, there's consequences to that. Whereas in yep. the league, there isn't. I just think, for me, I, I wouldn't say it's me giving them the benefit of the doubt. I just, I just think we've got a really poor, poor, poor standard of refereeing. You just look at, is it the guy like Madden himself? He's now like he went down to the English Premiership and he's getting League One games, man. Right. Yeah. I think as well. What, what, one of the most baffling things for me is like they do down England and any other league in the world. They don't have to declare which team they have allegiances to or who to support. Which is baffling to me because mm-hmm. you, you should know which which teams these referees support or who they're liking to because you hear all the rumours about Nick Wells being a, in a Rangers academy school as a PE teacher or whatever it is, Bobby Madden pictured in Rangers supporters clubs, all the rest of it, right? There should be transparency from the top down, who they support, what they're involved in, and then keep them away from certain games like they do in other leagues. I don't think there's an issue with doing that. I think that's, that's a way I will, yeah, hundred percent that way. But there, there has to be like a thing here where you can you can proper vet the referees. You can see their their background, where they came from, what clubs they're involved in. There has to be a way for like if you're important for referees like you did before when that scandal came out, like Franny spoke about, they did better than our actual home referees. Do you know what I mean? If that's the solution, bring them in again because these people in charge right now aren't up to the standard. Yep, I think we're all in agreement with that. And uh, all I can say is thank God John's not on because we'd have been on oh. nine hours. <laughs> <laughs> but moving on, it was um, a massive, massive afternoon. If you're of a different persuasion, you'd have been looking at um, our game at 2 1 and, and, and 3 2. Or no, 2 each and 3 each, thinking, oh, we're going um, to gain points. And only a matter of hours later, you're actually falling further behind. A massive afternoon, as St Johnston was a few weeks back. We looked back at the tail end of la- at the end of last season about the big moments in the season, and we talk about Ross County um, and Dundee United, where we scored last minute winners. I just think it was another one of the moments where it seemed like everything was against us at the time, and uh, we could have been sitting here having a different conversation. But Angie's team never, never stops. And uh, what did you think about? Massive turning point of the season, Stephen, isn't it? And also, I want you to touch on uh, Angie's comments after the game, <laughs> where I feel like we always, I feel like the Celtic as a club get grief for the supporters for never ever defending or never ever speaking out about these things. And I think Ange does it in a way, it's a really, he does it in a certain way that doesn't, he doesn't come across as like aggressive or if, if, if Neil Lennon did it, for example, but he comes across in a cheeky way and he, he, like his quote was, I keep hearing we get given everything. The only penalties we've scored this year are in training. He's calling that out. Uh, so mm. first of all, I massive turning point this, uh, in the season. Great weekend. And what do you, what do you feel about Ange and how he just defends the club? I think it's, comment it's a it's a massive turning point because I was expecting Livingston to go to Ibrox and get pumped about six or seven. 
because obviously seen the whole David Martindale incident earlier in the season where he's going, oh, it's Scott Arfield and he, he scores goals like that and he's an incredible player, kissing ass and all that stuff. But fair, fair play to him. He turned up at Ibrox with a game plan, Nubili, who I really like, by the way, SPFL, but <laughs> he's good He's good at that. He's good at holding up the play and he scored a good goal. I think he tortured our defenders all game. And then you, you go further and further into it. They got their goal in the third minute. It took Rangers to the 90th minute. By the way, Everyone's saying it was a cracking finish by Lundstrom. It was a deflection. I don't know what they're looking at. It deflected off somebody. Cracking finish by Lundstrom. I had no problem, BBC. Um, but yeah, if they didn't get their player sent off, which was a red card in my opinion, uh, they would have held on and got that win. But again, unfortunately, turn of events, Rangers get the point. We get the three points. We're four points ahead. And as you said, games like what we won against Hearts of Tynecastle, Greg Taylor gave us a win and go will eventually lead us, hopefully, touch wood to another championship because these are final moments in the season that we'll look back on in our end of the season review. And we'll talk about this game. We'll talk about the other game that we won in the last couple of minutes as well as turning points in the season. And I just hope shall we keep the momentum up. I know we've got a wee bit ahead during the season, five points and then the drop points. I hope that scenario doesn't kick in again. And you, you see the funny things, Geo must stay, Geo must stay. It's, 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 it's all been a banter. I do love seeing that. In terms of Postacoglu, as well, like he defends the club, as you said, in a way that journalists don't know how to handle, in a way they don't know what to kind of retaliate back with. Because if it was Neil Lennon, they know how to antagonize him, get a reaction, and then there's their headline for the next day yeah. in the newspaper. Where Posta Coglu can kind of keep his counsel. And I've seen people say the board needs to call us out. And I agree, if this continues with VAR, there needs to be a statement by the Celtic board kind of what's going on here. Look at these results, look at these incidents. Why was this not given? So we, we as a support base get clarification. But Posta Coggy with that with that thing, aimed it personally at Robbie Nielsen because all he ever says is we get decisions <laughs> right. for us all the time, <laughs> and uh, he uh-huh. he comes out and says the only penalties we get and we score is in training, uh, incredible like and it's true. I think the record <laughs> in the last two years is three penalty kicks. That's mental. And there was someone said it in in the, the chat earlier on, saying that um, we're the most attacking team but yet the least penalties, and I totally agree. That's mental as well. That's the statistic in its own. How do we not get more penalties with being in the box more? Incredible. And then you see other teams getting 11 penalties in a row, and it's kind of turned into a joke when you see it pop up on their Twitter. Penalty to Rangers. <laughs> All that type of stuff. So, yeah, Postal Cody does it in his own way. Journalists still haven't nailed them down yet. He keeps coming back. And, yeah, do you know something? I want to address this right now. I've seen people ask about his cough. And I've seen comments about this cough, and it's 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 worth it's worrying me. Being like, is, is he sick? It's only, but I don't know. Yeah, if it's just part of his uh, gimmick and all night, but he does it well. The journalist don't know how to handle, and he said today as well. Did you see that we slip it from Fox News when they were asking him again about leaving Celtic? And he said that's not on his uh, mindset at the moment, and he, he kind of squashed all the rumors about leaving for down south, and he. It took him a while to do it, but he's finally done it, and he he wants to sell Sally Football Club, and I love the guy; he's incredible. Ah, he is. I mean, he, I, I love the fact that he's he's. I seem he's always really humble with things, and he's not not disrespectful. It's he says these things and come across on the cheek, but he's he is having a go. Um, I just love the way he, he comes out with these things. But uh, Franny, turning point this weekend, I what did you think about Angie's comments, and also. We're not clinical enough four weeks ago. That's 14 in three games. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's how, how, a, 
how the mindset can change after a couple of games. It's it's just mental. It's I suppose not clinical one week and six goals against Hibs and four for the next game, four the next game. It's it's the thick on the football fan, I guess. <laughs> we just we just like to it's what we do. But it was right the call out. It was right the call out. No, it is. As, but that's what I'm, just how we just totally flip it like that. It's it's mad just what we do as football fans. Some are more more uh so what more calculated, I would say like guys like Ross and Will and things are more calculated where I would say me and you, Stephen, are wee bit we've got a wee bit he'd like jump in here. Yeah. Like he'd first yeah. in that at times, man. It's it's quite embarrassing sometimes. <laughs> uh, but uh, by the but way, Ross Ross will love that. Ross loves up on the car flu cracker. But I I mean it is obviously that cliche thing when you're you get a narrow a narrow four three victory, a half pot victory, then your rivals at home eh, a team that they predominantly eh, have decent results at Ibrox. And then they again they go and then drop points. So as is obviously a moment if if you win the if we win the league you'll look back and go, well, mm-hmm. this was a big moment in the league and stuff. So it's like Stephen says, as long as you can keep that it's only for me it's only a big moment if you keep that momentum up until the World yep. Cup. There's plenty of games in uh, in October and start of November before we before we stop up. So if we can just domestic and obviously in Europe just keep this run going do I think Rangers will drop point up? Without knowing their games, I'm not too sure. But if we're doing our bit, it's then putting the pressure on them. I don't know if some of the fixtures we might be playing before them and things like that. So it then adds that bit of pressure on. So it's just it's one of the ones you just need to keep keep putting the pressure on where you can and hope hopefully they have we slip ups like Saturday, the ones that you don't expect. And like you go at the end of the season, you look at and go, that was a big moment in the season. But I post the like you have said, he's an intelligent man. He's he's called out the penalties without calling the penalties out. He's just he's it's Aye. a runabout way of saying, oh, we didn't get penalties. Just look at the day we should have had one, but we didn't get it. But he's mm-hmm. an intelligent way of saying it where like Deal Lennon, we all know, stuck up for Celtic. Like it would always do it. It just it was the way he said it. And like Stephen said, it always gave them the headlines. It gave Gave the media exactly what they want. Where Poster Coglis are now talking about his cough. That's how much he's got them on toast. <laughs> I'm now talking about a cough that he's got. So, I uh, is Neil Lennon gave them the headlines, and Poster Coglis just too too smart for it, really. Definitely, mate. Definitely, I couldn't agree more. Uh, just a wee comment here. Ryan Kelly says, "Where's John?" I know, mate. He's He's had a few personal issues at the moment, so he's just taking a wee time out. We all love him in the pod, and I'm sure he'll be back soon, so give him all your love on, on Twitter and all the rest of it, because he's, he's still on there. Uh, if Far keeps up this way, he'll be, he'll be back soon enough if Far keeps this way. He'll be back ranting soon enough. He's still arguing with everybody on social media, so get on there and show him some love. Um, aye, big game next. Tomorrow night, Shakhtar. <laughs> I feel like people are talking about like it's a, just a dead rubber and there's nothing to play for, but there is still something to play for for me. We still got to go out and try and win that. Saying that, I might be wrong, this, but did are we not getting scudded? And did Bodo not beat us in the first leg and then Ange kind of went out with a kind of second string team as if the, it was defeat rather so, than going for it? Uh, even though I didn't see that in Ange, but big game. We're not going to go enough, but we're scoring goals for fun again. Um, Stephen, how do you think it'll go? And uh, what sort of decisions do you think he's got to make in this side? I think there's quite a lot. Usually we like 
I think usually you can name the first eleven, but I think there's loads of positions where he could really go with one or the other. Obviously, the big ones: Gigi Kyogo. Is Forrest going to get a start? Um, is O'Reilly still a number six? What's What's your thoughts on the game? What's your thoughts on what the team will be? And and what do you think? Do you think we can, we can finally get some points on the board? I think points. using that using that uh, clinical argument is a bit naive in European football. Well, you know this is a different kettle of fish, so don't pretend because we're scoring <laughs> goals in the SPFL and Cup domestic competitions that we're going to go out and, and scalp Shakhtar. Um, I think as well, <sighs> yeah, that's a good one. I'm already just shaking them away at the burn of it. But the <laughs> game for me, well... comment in Friday, man. The game from oh, well, you compared you compared more. I never compared them. No, You're I never compared them. It reminds me of just how he picks, uh, finds himself in places and just the passing they plays. Uh, well, yeah, but the game for me, Willie, as you said, I hope it's not like a half-hearted effort like we did against Bolo Glimp in the second leg, kind of admitting defeat. I don't, I don't see that happening because while we have that slim chance of if miracles of results happen, we can still get third place, which is still hangs out of our reach because of our. Are kind of disastrous European form at the moment. Um, it's a game we have to go into, and for me, for a bit of pride, we have to win it. There's, there's no ifs, ifs, months or babies, babies, babies about this. We we'll have to, <laughs> to, the to win the. <laughs> we we'll have to win, win the, win the game. We we'll have to compete. We we'll have to take our chances. I'm fed up saying it's going to Europe. We have to take our chances when we're given to them. Shakhtar scored with five shots on target, four goals against RB Leipzig. That's how clinically have to be at this level. Selling need to be at that. And that's not underestimate sector like we all did before, including myself. They drew with Real Madrid. That's no mean feat. They got a result. They were ahead in that game for most of it. And I think Real Madrid with uh, Rudiger scored in the last minute or something, yep. which is incredible. Right. They could have pulled off a, a fantastic win. So it's not going to be a pushover. I think they'll let us have the ball more with their style of play, playing on the counter, which they're very effective at. We are man Modric. On the left hand side, <laughs> your man <laughs> Modric on the left hand side, who's who again I believe will end up um, at the top European side because he's electric, he's really good, and then you uh, have to take does. into account their their other their other players as well. It's a game we have to win, Willie. We have to we have to get three points. We can't finish on one. That's yeah, a disaster. Agree, and I think for the lineup for myself, as you said, there might be a bit of conundrums here, but I'm going to go Joe Hart. Juranovic, Carter Vickers, James Taylor, O'Reilly, Hatate, Haxabanovic in the 10, James Forrest on the right, Jack and Mackens through the middle, and Mied on the left. Now, you're, you're probably questioning me that. here. No, I understand that now because you put Mied in and Forrest. I can't get that. Yeah. Yeah, so. Haxabanovic can be that luxury type player who free roams behind. And you notice I'm leaving Moy out? Uh, 100% leading him out every day. Happened. 100%. I just think for European level, he's far too slow and labored. Even for domestic competitions, he looks like that most of the time. But um, yeah, it's a game I have to win. I'm going to say right now, 2 1. Celtic. Fanny, what's your thoughts? We've obviously been clinical. What's the, uh, the lineup? I'm, I'm interested to hear the lineup because I do think there's going to be uh, a few big decisions to be made and uh, do you think like Stephen, like Shakhtar are no mugs because if you take that first game in isolation we should have, uh, not just beat them, we should have pumped them um, yep. away from home and then they've went and got points, they've obviously they they, they destroyed um, Leipzig which I know like, people are saying Leipzig weren't the same team and all the rest of it because they were under another manager that 
Leipzig have, were really, really impressive for me um, this season against us. Uh, and mm-hmm. Shakhtar are obviously in their mugs. Nobody is in this competition. But what do you think? What who? What sort of side do you think we're going to face? Do you think it's going to be the one that we played in the, the first the away, the away leg? Or uh, how do you think it's going to go? And it's vital that we get three points for pride, if nothing else. Yeah, I think I think it'll be a similar similar sort of a team in the sense that they'll they'll sit back and try and play play on the counter, uh, expose some spaces in behind. So I'm expecting us to have lots of the ball, and then it will come down to can we be clinical? Because if we've got plenty of the ball, we will create chances. It's just can we be clinical at this level? Then after that, I think that's the only question. For me, the more is I'm I'm confident of a result. Maybe not as confident as Rossi's five 0 prediction, but I'm confident <laughs> of getting something like getting a positive result. And I think we do for pride. We definitely need to win a home game. We need to win this game just to to get in some points. And for me, it can't be seen as a dead rubber. We can't be sitting going, "Oh well, fourth is disastrous." Then you're talking on the fifth game, or oh, it's just a dead rubber. So what's the point? For me, you've still got to try and go out and win that game. Give yourself something to play for in Madrid. It's it's really going to be difficult to go and get a result in Madrid that gets you third. But let's be in it going into the last game, trying to get something. So for me, you need to you need to win the more it, and then also it gives you that confidence if you get into the Champions League next season. Just go like right, we know what works. We we can we can get a result at this level, and but. I think it'll be a cagey affair, but I th- I'm I'm confident of getting getting the win. But the lineup, I, I'm fairly confident front to middle. I just don't know. I mean, I'll take that right now. I'll I'll take that right now. I don't know if then, I could take that after the Saturday, man. Ah, uh, Daniel saying the same. I don't think I could take that, man. My heart, I'm, uh, my cushion's going to take mean, it. <laughs> but uh, um, my back. Well, back five is the same as Stephen Way, Hart, Renjaranovic, CCV, Jens, and uh, Taylor. My midfield three, I'm, I'm keeping a rally in that six because he seems to be playing there well. Hatati's got to play, and I'm, I'm sticking with Moy in the tenth. I'm keeping him there. I'm probably got to go Haksavanovic on the right, put Maeda on the left, and Jack and Marcus through the middle. Just kind of harsh and forest, but I need to get Hacks of in there. And I think Maeda will play in the Champions League just to help come backwards. Interesting, interesting. We need to get the three points. Aye. It's, I mean, yeah. as, to get rid of this fucking this home game run stigma and nonsense as well, just, just, a bar, just to get rid of the neg- negativity. So, um, aye, need to. And Hopefully the place will be rocking. We know the place will be rocking. Hopefully we go and we're as clinical as we have shown in the last three. Um, this is a good point, my strange love. I would do the same thing. Uh, yeah. Try and, try, try and nullify that. Um, I, hopefully we get the win. I think we'll. I think we'll get the win. I think we'll score goals. Three one. I'll go. Come on, hoops. Yeah. Um, right. An hour and a half for a for a Monday shows. No right. Just the Friday shows that go on for like eight days. Uh, <laughs> no, the Monday show, but there was loads and loads of talking points tonight. So thanks for thanks for sticking with us, guys. We really appreciate it. And thanks for all the uh, thanks for all the comments. Beer fifty two. Get involved. Get stuck into that. For a fiver, you're getting all that beer. It's honestly, it was really, really, really good. I had an 
all in one night, which is not good. But I <laughs> Super Six get involved. We need to get Franny off the top because I'm sick yep. of hearing him at the top. And don't forget to do it. People keep forgetting to do it, and that's how he's top because he's got his he's got an alarm set every day for it just to make sure he gets it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we didn't he's get reminders to check that I've done it. We didn't get to touch on um, Jota. Jota has been called up for the provisional. I've seen a few people commenting the provisional Portugal squad, which is massive. Hopefully he makes it all the way. Don't think he'll be getting in that first eleven, but uh, I'll hit it by a Portugal top. Support them along with others. Uh, Franny will be getting on the fancy tops. He loves a football top. Mm-hmm. Who are you supporting the World Cup, Franny? I really don't. I'm <laughs> considering Brazil because I'm toying with Neymar. Neymar Brazil double. Neymar's flying in there. I know he's a wanker, but he's absolutely flying in there. <laughs> uh, I. Enjoyed that, boys. Really appreciate it. Um, I'm pretty sure it's this week. Is it Friday, Jed's on? I think so. Right? Friday, Jed's Friday. on. You know, take over, Jed. Jed's in the comments all night. Looking forward to having Jed on. Uh, I love this format. I love the fact that we've got the guys coming on. The, uh, Kaiser was brilliant. And, uh, it's it's superb. I can't wait to see Jed on. He's a good friend of most of the pod. Uh, so he's, out, he's in the comments every night. Uh, great lad, looking forward to getting him on and getting his uh, his thoughts on Shak- uh, hopefully a Shakhtar win and looking forward to Livy a Shakhtar win, Celtic win Celtic win, against Shakhtar a long night man well uh, he's going to super 6 prediction this is, uh, this is what I thought you were going to say uh, Franny because that's. Uh, I need to get one of their tops oh, I've seen that top, that's nice ah, it's lovely, lovely. I've actually got uh, one of the Venezia tops coming my way <laughs> you, you must earn too much man <laughs> uh, aye, looking forward to Jed on Friday the boys will be on can't wait to see it looking ahead all the rest of it hail hail trips it's been a long long night talking about that VAR thanks again Stephen did you enjoy that? 100% Class. I like it when Stephen's not well I love it Stephen's our best host by a country male but I love it when he's he gets to have his fucking mad rants as a some of the new folk when he's a host don't make me blush <laughs> shut your hole family <laughs> And that's the perfect way to end it, guys. Cheers to the end of the sales. See ya. Hail, hail.